Hello, and welcome to New Day Christian Fellowship Church Podcast, where we worship, connect, equip, and serve. We're so glad that you're joining us. Our prayer is that you allow today's message to minister to you so that you can become all that God has called you to be. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy today's message. Ready for the word? All right. I'm excited about this new year too. So let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come before you so grateful for this opportunity to hear from heaven, dear Lord God. We thank you for your word. Again, the fact that it is alive, it's a living thing. That's what Hebrews 4.12 tells us. Now, Hebrews 4.2, Lord, it stated that the people in the Old Testament heard the word, heard the good news, but it did not profit them because they did not mix it with faith. And my prayer today is that faith will rise up in us, dear Lord God. We will take your engrafted word and receive it with meekness. We will mix it with faith. We will bring forth a fruit, and the fruit will remain. And you say, when that happens, you're glorified. So may you be glorified on the earth. So thank you for giving us ears to hear what your spirit is saying today. In Jesus' mighty and matchless name, let all who agree say, amen, amen, amen. amen. You know, um, years ago, years ago, it was very popular. In fact, I think on the A&E channel, we would see from time to time, um, that was a show, I forgot what it was called, but they would do interventions. And interventions became very popular. Somebody, you know, got a drug problem in a family, you know, and I'm, I'm going to use the name Larry. If your name is Larry, I don't know you. I'm not picking on you. Just heads up, okay? And if you're dating somebody named Larry, married to somebody named Larry, I'm not talking about your guy, okay? But let's just say there's this guy, Larry, all right? And, and Larry got this drug problem. He just won't do right. And so the, Larry's wife, I'm going to call her Michelle. There's nobody named Michelle. Don't get it wrong. Okay, I'm just saying Michelle, okay? And so Michelle goes to her family. She's crying to her sister and her mom and her uncles and cousins and her co-workers and everybody. What will we do? And they decide to have an intervention, meaning one day he's going to come home <laughs> and walk in and see everybody. He's going to be sitting there and everybody shows up. And he's going to say, what's going on? And they're going to really challenge him and, and let him know what he's doing. His lifestyle is destructive and what's going on with him, the impact he's having on his family and, and all that kind of stuff. And that can be alcoholism. I, I know of one pastor. He tells it publicly. I'll let him tell you again. I'll let him tell you. But he, got, he and his wife got called over to a friend's house, and uh, there was a group of them there, and, and everybody's sitting there. He's thinking he's going to have a good time, and they said, you know, can you sit down for a second? And then they challenged him. We, we've been hearing things about the way you've been treating your wife. So that's what we call an intervention. But there are some situations that all your friends, all your family cannot help you with. There are some things that they cannot do for you that you need to have done in your life. There are some things that only God can do himself. And the beautiful thing about God, he recognized that and he did something about that. So the title today is Divine Intervention. Divine intervention. And so an intervention is when somebody comes in and makes some kind of correction. They're, they're, somebody's going to intervene. They're going to come between you and whatever your issue is, whatever your challenge is. Now go with me, please, to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. Now this is from the King James Version because we need to go word for word right now. Bishop, what do you mean by word for word? Stay tuned for School of the Bible. You're going to understand, you're going to understand the difference between a word for word translation, a thought for thought translation in the Bible, and a paraphrase translation. Amen? That's coming. Galatians 4, verse 4. Uh, Galatians 4, 4. Galatians 4, 4. Here we go. It says, but when the... 4, 4. 
There we go. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, who we know as Jesus Christ, made of a woman, made under the law. Now, the law was the Ten Commandments and a set of rules given, okay, to the children of Israel, ways to live, ways to obey. And nobody could keep those laws. That's why all of us have sinned. I don't care how holy we are. You know, almost sin today. Light turned yellow and I was debating. Should I go? Should I go? And I stopped. <laughs> Verse 5. <laughs> to redeem them that were under the law. They needed redemption. They needed to be redeemed that we might receive the adoption of sons. Now, adoption simply means somebody wants me. A lot of times we take adoption as, uh, well, you know, I got re rejected. My mom couldn't do this, and you're angry with it. You don't know who you I understand it. But at some point, somebody said, I'm willing to take you. And that's the same thing that God did with us because Adam and Eve, when they sinned in the garden, that broke relationship, covenant relationship with God. They entered a state and we all come up under that now, a state where there was separation between them and God. And so the state they were in, they needed to be redeemed from. Do you understand that? Yes. Now, to redeem simply means to restore value. Redeem means to store value to that which has lost its value. The state Adam was in originally was a whole lot better than the state we're in now. And so we needed redemption. You say, well, okay, what's redemption? Next picture, please. When I was a little boy, and mama, I think you're going to be surprised to know this. But me and my friends in Compton on 138th and Wilmington, okay? And one of the things we would do when we needed some money, okay? We needed some money. We wouldn't always go ask our parents. And then if we did, sometimes there wasn't enough. So we became very entrepreneurial, <laughs> very enterprising young men we were. We would go in the fields and, and, and George Washington Elementary along the canal and all that, and we would find bottles and cans. We would find an old shopping basket, and we would load it up, and we would take it to Lou's liquor store. And Mr. Lou, who was working there, would give us, you know, usually about, you know, I don't know, five, three or four, I forgot what we would get for each can or the weight of it. And so we were redeeming those bottles and those cans. Now, this is the same state man has been in, you know, discarded, kicked to the curb, um, um, uh, it, uh, dirty, lost, in a field, lost. That's a lot of us. That's our lives. You might live in a house and you can still be lost. You might have a job and you still feel unemployed. You can, you can be married and feel, still feel separated and lonely. You need God's divine intervention. Because sometimes we're always looking for something from somebody and it ain't happening. And some of us, what we, go, what we do, God bless us, okay? And I don't fit in this category and I'm not picking on you that do. But you will go from party to party or event to event, or whatever is happening. Oh, it's happening over here. When I was a kid, we had this thing when I was a teenager in uh, 12th grade, 11th, 12th grade, and it would be a dance, right? Everybody dancing. And in one corner, somebody in one corner say, party over here. Say what? Party over here. And then somebody on the other side of the room, no, party over here. And, and some of us, okay, that was in a, like one house party. But some of us, that's how we live our lives. And sometimes that party can be, you call it a Holy Ghost party, just because the music's loud and having a good time, Jesus ain't there, neither is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> but because you're event-driven and, and you like being connected and like being a part of, you know, you tend to travel in those circles. I get it. There's some people that are wired like that. I'm an introvert. I stay home all the time. You got to pull me out, okay? But the point is that there, there's a situation where there, there's life where we find ourselves where we're like those bottles and Jesus came to collect us. How did he do it? How did he do it? I'm glad you asked. Go with me please to Luke chapter 2. How did man's redemption occur? Who came and picked me up and put me in a basket? Jesus. Well, let's talk about that. 
About 700 years before this actually took place, it was prophesied in a book of Micah that the Savior, the, rede- uh, the Messiah, would come in Bethlehem. That's where he would be in Bethlehem. So we pick this up in Luke chapter 2. Now, Luke is one of the Gospels. How many Gospels are there? Okay. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and? Ooh, okay, all right. Amen. Hallelujah. Luke, was, uh, Luke is written to the Greek population of that time. Okay? And uh, evidence of that is right here in verse, uh, where are we? Verse 1. At that time, the Roman emperor, Augustus, decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. Well, how do you guys know when Jesus was born? Right here. Who was in charge then? The Romans. Augustus. All we got to do is go back and look at history. Do the math. Got it? Some people just want to push back. Oh, who wrote the Bible and, and who demanded? Okay, breathe, please. The Roman emperor, Augustus. Now, here's the situation, too. I don't want to help you guys um, that may be challenged just socially at all that's going on. Listen to me. Hear, hear me, please. When Jesus came, the Romans were in charge. He was born a Jew, a subclass. Now, don't get everything twisted by Jews today, okay? That's part of our problem. We don't understand context. So, in that time, Jesus came. He was a Jew, a subclass. Now, before the Romans, the Greeks were in charge. Before the Greeks, uh, it was the, the Medes. And before the Medes, it was the Persians. And for the Persians, the Babylonians, the Jews been in trouble for a long time, a long time. So when Jesus showed up, he didn't show up like when everything's in order. They got their own nation right now. He came at a time when a crazy Caesar, these Caesar, these dudes was crazy and wicked by today's standards. Now, they didn't have the gospel. They didn't have the law like we did. So they did whatever they wanted to do. And people drunk on power generally do. So if you can imagine that. So that's the wickedness when Jesus came. Okay. Verse two. This was the first sentence census taken when Kyrnas was governor of Syria. So again, we can time this based on these historical events. Verse 3, all returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. Now, I need you to, everybody, listen to me. Often when something big is happening, we miss one of the details which deals with us. I have learned something based on a passage like this, okay? So when big stuff is happening in the government, Often we think and we begin to fuss and complain. But now it was prophesied that Jesus would be born where? Bethlehem. His daddy was in Nazareth, Joseph. And Mary in Nazareth. Now, something had to happen to propel them to go to Bethlehem. So this emperor decided, Augustus decides, I need to count everybody. And while it seems like he's just counting everybody, actually prophecy is in motion. Do you understand? So see, sometimes we miss the big picture. Vote how you want to vote, complain how you want to complain, all that kind of stuff. Sometimes we miss the bigger picture that God is at work, even in the lives of crazy people. So just because somebody crazy and they got crazy policies, it doesn't mean that God is not at work. So slow your roll, pump your brakes, and ask God, where are you working in this situation? What you doing? What's going on? Kind of clue me in. And for prophecy to be fulfilled, often it's, it's, it's under, I don't want to say the guys, but it's under something significant happening globally. It is. And we miss that. So verse 3 again, all return to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. Now, now, hear me on this part. This is Joseph. Now, and put yourself here, okay? Joseph. 
Joseph right now is about to get married. He's happy, right? Yeah, I got married. Me, me and Mary, me and Mary, me and Mary. And then Mary comes and says, I'm pregnant. Uh, and instantly he knew it had to be somebody else's. You understand why, right? Because there ain't nothing happening, right? So it's like, uh, hold up. I need you to stop. Please hear me right now. So this man just gets told this news and he feels betrayed. This is crazy. And then he thinks Mary lost her mind because she comes up with this cockamamie story that it was the Holy Spirit. Think about Put yourself there for a minute. And now all of this is going on. And then, 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 then all of a sudden the governor or the, the emperor is like, y'all got to go back to your homeland. Wait, I got to move. I got a wife. I got, I got, and she's saying this. And she, think about all this is crazy. And we only think of Christmas when we go to Target, see the little nativity set. Oh, that'll be cute on the mantle. Girl, how much is that? Listen, girl, it's 20% discount. Let me get this. You put on the mantle and then you do like my wife did. Tony, get down and help me decorate this tree. So we decorating the trees and and everybody, and and, and we think that's just Christmas. I need you for a minute. How this thing started, there was a lot of turmoil by a man named Joseph that was going through something. And sometimes you going through something, you don't understand that God is at work. He's still at work. He's still at work. I don't care how crazy it looked. God is still on the throne. He's still at work. And sometimes it becomes so painful, we miss that he's still at work. He let Caesar's heart, he, he probably like, okay, count everybody so I can get Joseph to move. And I wouldn't want to be moving. I had to go back to Bethlehem. There's a reason I left Bethlehem. You see what I'm saying? And now I got to go back. Now, now, the other thing, too, that we fail to understand, he couldn't just go to his boss and like, I need three weeks to go to Bethlehem, you know, and so you know, I'm going to take some PTO. <laughs> he didn't have no time. He can't no vacation time and, and, and I'll be back or take a leave or whatever. God, no, no, no. When, that's the other thing, too. When these people would travel, their businesses would go down. Well, I, need you to, I need you to really see this. And so now Americans... And, and, and I'm saying Americans in a good sense because we're so blessed. We often, because I'm going to tell you, we can get a hangnail and we come apart. Oh, okay, look. Look how God is working, the God of the Bible. Not the one we preach and just everything's so hunky-dory and lovely. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> I love it when things are hunky-dory and lovely. I'm not one of these doom and gloom guys. I'm not. And I don't believe everybody's, God was poor and I, nope, 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 none of that. But I've learned that even in adversity, he still loves me. He still cares about me. He will never leave me nor forsake me. So therefore, I've learned how to endure hardships and difficult times. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give out. I'm not going to give in. I'm not. I've already made up my mind. I'm seeing this thing through. When, when I close my eyes for the last time, y'all can rest assured, Tony's in. Just made my mind up. Now, God's intervention, this is God intervening right now. Sometimes it ain't going like we think. God, just, just hook us up. You just want somebody to come knock on your door and give you $250,000, right? It ain't going to happen like that. Well, it might. And if it does, 10%, bring it. Okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's right. I'll be celebrating with you. <laughs> Amen. Glory to him in the highest. And by the way, I am receiving an offering today. This is on me. I'm on the, it's on me. It's Tony. My name written next to it, okay? All right. Verse 4. First time guest, I'm being silly, okay? Trust me. Okay, verse 4. He's like, I'm leaving. No, no, hold on. I'm being silly. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, 
And I told you last week, you got to know who you are. He had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. Now, I need you to think about something. Think about that travel and traveling, him and Mary together. And, he, and then an angel spoke to him. Now, here's the thing I've learned just in my life. You've seen, most of you guys have seen the miraculous. You've seen it, something miracle, you know it was God. A God manifests himself where he said, something happened, you know, it, you know it was God. But you still got some doubts about something else. Think about it. God has got me through some crazy situations. Crazy situations. Crazy situations. So the next one comes up, it's like, eh, why do we do that? So now I bring this up about Joseph, right? So the angel appeared to him, told him, you know, hey, Mary, and, and confirmed everything. Now he's walking with Mary, but I bet you he still was looking at her. She on a donkey, he's walking like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I need you to put yourself in his shoes for a minute. He gets it and he finally get down, to, uh, get down to Bethlehem. Verse 5, he took with him Mary, to whom he was gauged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her, to be, for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. Her, what born son? <laughs> Meaning I was second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh. Okay, got it? Okay. She wrapped him snugly in uh, strips of cloth and laid him in a what? Because there was no lodging available for them. There was no lodging. Now, I've been to Bethlehem several times. And you guys want to go with me? We're going again in April of 2024. Come on, let's go again, okay? Now, here's the thing. Hallelujah. Here's, and I'm giving you plenty of heads up. Don't be waiting till 2024 to say, can I go? You got all of 2023 to save your money. Okay, so here's, and I want you, I really want you to come. And, and, and yeah, I'll tell, tell you more about that later. But here's the thing that for, um, um, with, with, with when, I want you guys to get a visual. One, there wasn't that many people in Bethlehem. There's only about three or 400 people lived there at the time. And then, you know, it was a shepherding kind of town. And so there have a lot of caves. In fact, Daniel, I got a picture of you coming out of one of the caves, okay, where they would hide the sheep in a cave when the wolves and, and, and everybody came. Um, verse uh, 8, that night, say that night. That's going to be important because it was that night. There was that's, that night when she had the baby and put him in a manger. That night. Where there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them. An angel. I love these angels. Boy, the angels show up. And the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, hold on, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Great joy to who? All people. What's before people? All. And all means Everybody. Everybody. Verse 11, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. 12, and you will recognize him by the sign. You will find a baby, find a what? Wrapped snugly in uh, strips, of, strips of cloth, lying where? It's a baby, got it. 13, suddenly the angel was joined by vast hosts of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And by the way, I'm so pleased with the praise team today. I love y'all pajamas. Uh, that's a real nice look. I know it's not pajamas. It's not pajamas, I know. But you look good and you guys sounded great today. Thank you. And it was great, you know, uh, Brother Sean, Minister Tim, yeah, great job. Amen. Verse, verse 15, when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. 16, they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby. There was a who? Baby, baby doing what? Lying. Lying in a manger. There it is. Now, Luke wrote this narrative to the Greeks. Let's go over to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew's narrative was to the Jews. 
Get a little different perspective. But it's great to have these different uh, uh, writings, these different gospels, so we can get a much fuller, richer picture, okay? Now, let me give you the backstory on this, Matthew chapter 2. Now, Herod was the king. You're like, well, I thought it was Caesar. No, no, no. Herod was the Jewish king. Got it? Now, one thing that the Romans did when they would take over, the Romans, like, they would leave stuff in order because they knew they could profit like that. They wouldn't just come in and decimate everything, leave it in order, keep your little rules and all that kind of stuff and all your, your religion, your Jews and this God that y'all believe in and all that. Okay, keep that. That's fine. And so they allowed a level of government to stay, stay there also. So now Herod was a crazy king. So now Jesus came at a time when Romans had a crazy king, a crazy emperor, and then the Jews did too, okay? Now, there were these wise men, the wise men from the east, okay? Now, these were guys that, when we say wise, not our wise, we're not talking, um, who do we call wise nowadays? Um, they, weren't, I, they wouldn't necessarily be thought leaders, you know, he's a thought leader, you know, not, not, not that kind of guy. These, these wise men were actually astrologers, okay, and uh, astronomers, okay, and they were big into the stars and, and magic and some other stuff like that, and they were from the east. Now, what we believe is that they were from modern-day Iraq, and they saw a star, and they knew that what the star meant because I think, I'm um, doing math right, it was about 600, 700 years. When did Daniel was there? About 700, 700 years. Daniel was, um, I love having people like you know stuff. Thank you. Um, uh, 700 years uh, before Daniel had been taken captive and some others. And, but Daniel, while he was in captivity with the Babylonians, he told them about God and expect this Messiah. So in the 700, this, this thing stayed down through the years. So when they see the star, it's kind of like, wait, we studied the stars. And they, wait, what is this star? This is a different star. You remember the boy Daniel, that story about Daniel? Yeah, years later, here we are. And they followed that star to Jerusalem. They get to Jerusalem, the capital, and they go to Herod. Hey, we come to see this new king we didn't heard about. And Herod is like, new king. Uh, and where y'all from? <laughs> I, uh, 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 the east. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, new king. Yeah, new king. Yeah, new king. Okay. And then Herod don't know where the king is. He's threatened. Now, most of the people in the Old Testament, they thought Jesus was going to come and get rid of all the government because the government's going to be on his shoulders. Remember? And that's how you interpret it. And then they thought Jesus was going to get rid of their government and the Roman government and they're going to be free. But now Herod is feeling threatened. He don't want to be free. He want to be in charge. So he's like, uh, I tell you what, well, go keep following the star. And when you find him, come back and let me know so we can go worship him, too. So we picked this up in verse 7. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Herod is smooth. He's like, okay, when did the star show up? He did the math. Now we're looking at, to give you a spoiler alert, about a two-year period. Got it? Eight. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so I can go and worship him too. Nine. After this interview, the, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the baby was. It says baby, right? Place where the oh child. Oh, now this was originally written in a Greek language, and that's not baby. That's a toddler. A couple of years have passed, so. Now some of y'all can go home, take the nativity set because you got the wise men and the shepherds. You're going right back to Target. I want a refund. Get my money back. Because the wise men and the shepherds were not there together. Target like, fine, whatever. Here's your $12. Okay, verse 10. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. Hmm. And number 11, they entered the, what? House. 
manger. They entered the house and saw the baby, saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, those really, gold means a lot to us today, but frankincense and myrrh don't. But back then, those were very rich substances, very, I mean, very expensive. So these guys came and they gave this little toddler their best. And we can learn from that. Give him your best. How is it these guys who weren't even Jewish knew to do that? What did they know that we don't know? What did they know? What did they heard? And why did they go so far? We don't go around the corner. We don't. Now, there's a church right here. No, I ain't going, okay. And why you got, wait, wait, my favorite. And nobody said this to me in like 10 years. I think people have learned. Why are you going way over there? People over here need to be saved too. Have you talked to them yourself? So here's my point. The shepherds entered, bullet point number one, the shepherds entered a manger and saw a baby. And the wise men entered a house and saw a child. See it? Okay. Oh, Bishop, this, no, because it it's bigger than just your purchase from Target of a false nativity scene. That's not what, the, I mean, that's, now, now that you know, hallelujah, but it's bigger than this. It's bigger than this. Second bullet point, God intervened in the life of the lowly shepherds and the life of the celebrated wise men. This is what I mean. Shepherds will look down upon. You're just a shepherd. You take care of the sheep. Sheep stink. You're around shepherds, I mean, y'all sheep all day. That's not a noble profession. It's not a noble profession. You remember David, the king, before he killed Goliath, he was a shepherd boy. David, the shepherd boy. You just stay with the sheep. We got, one of us can be anointed to be the next king of Israel, you know, and, and, and come to find out it was a shepherd boy. So maybe in your life right now, society classifies you as a shepherd. Maybe you, you're not all highfalutin and edumacated. And Bishop, he always celebrating the people with them PhDs. I always talking about Cooper and, and Minister Tim. Well, I can talk about them. I can talk and celebrate you too. And you got to know that you're loved and appreciated. And God died for you too. You're part of the redemption story just like these shepherds were. I don't care what your profession is. Don't let anybody look down upon you or frown upon you. Please don't do that. Every one of us is needed and necessary. We are. You know, I was telling one of the young men yesterday, you know, he, he, uh, uh, and my wife and others, you guys are, are what I call foodies. Y'all like food. And Jackie gets on me because for me, food is like, it's, 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 an, it's, it's a task. I need to knock off this hunger so I can move on to the next thing. <laughs> Providence Tracy, that piece of chicken was the best piece of chicken ever. And I was so happy, went home just, I thank you all, see, I was happy. Went home. But, but like Jackie likes to go to a restaurant and no, you need to experience this, Tony. Experience it. That's why I always finish fast. I'm, I'm okay, what next? I went to the next thing. But there are people, you can be a chef or you can be somebody just put spices in a bottle. You're making a difference in somebody's life. I don't care what your profession is. I don't care. You are valued, needed, and necessary. And we need to celebrate one another. You know, if the world, and I say that, I've said this a hundred times, if the, if the world was filled with Tony Dunn's, 
this world would be, the only colors would be black. I got on a gray suit today. Wow. Black, gray, and white. I, I did not do this on purpose. I didn't. I did. I honestly didn't. But I, Jackie, like, like okay, in my, in my bedroom right now, a bunch of gifts. Because I woke up this morning, she said, oh, I finished rapping. I'm like, oh, you did? I didn't even see the gifts. It's just the way I'm wired. But we need people that bring to the table things that give things that I don't have. People that can paint and, and, and draw and, and do artistry and make music and, and yeah, you know, Kingston on the drums and, and then and the Trey. I didn't even Trey could play the guitar. I think the next song he's on the keys. Yeah, it's like, we need you guys. Need you guys. So God intervened in the life of the lowly shepherds and in the lives of the celebrated wise men. Because see, now I know people with a bunch of stuff. Oh, I, I remember one guy invited me to his house and is down in uh, Orange County. He's up on the hill by, by Orange Hills Restaurant. You guys ever been there? I think it's Orange Hills, right. And I go to his house and I'm there and, I'm, I'm, and, I, and, I, and I, I knock on the door, I ring the doorbell and he says something. I just happen to turn around. I'm like, I can see Catalina. I've been in some houses where I know one guy had a, had a bathroom that was bigger than my bedroom. One guy's bedroom, I went to his house in Claremont and selling insurance, his, his master bedroom was 1,500, right at 1,600 square feet. The bedroom. My first house was 1,300 square feet. <laughs> Remember, Jackie, we were so excited. We got a house, we got a house, we got a house. So here is my point. You can have a lot of stuff, but you still need Jesus. Because yeah. all that stuff is going to burn up and go away. It is. It is. You know, I was so blessed. I was so blessed in our first time guest here. I mean, I'm not a prosperity pastor, but I'm about to say something. Um, somebody last, this, right this time last year, somebody gave me a Mercedes, an E-Series 300 Mercedes. Bought, me, bought it for me. Blessed me. God said, no strings attached. Here it is. Ain't called me since. Hallelujah. I got it. So the other night, I'm driving this car, and I, I, I absolutely love that car. And I'm driving it, and, and, and it's, it's so smooth, and I, I, got, I got my Cirrus XM, I got my, my watercolors, my jazz is bumping, and I'm, I'm feeling good. Windows down, sunroof is open, and I'm like, Lord, I love this, but then I had a thought, all oh, this is going to burn up. It's going away. I'm enjoying it until then, though, but, <laughs> but it's going away. It's going away. And so we know people with stuff, and I'm, we celebrate them, we acknowledge them, and that's so wonderful. You know, I've been watching Deion Sanders lately with this whole move from uh, Jackson State to Colorado, and, and you know, he was being interviewed by Shannon Sharp, and he was talking about the money he made, and I'm reflecting back on it, and he talked about how he killed, he went, he almost, he drove a car off the cliff to kill himself after the Super Bowl. I thought that was a the goal. Then he got baptized and got saved. And he named God like 12, and that's all he talks about now. Praise with the guys and everything like that. So yeah, people have stuff, but they still need Jesus. God still needs to intervene. So I don't care where you are in society. And I just noticed reading this passage, it's like, wow, we got two different groups, two totally different groups, but every one of them needed an intervention of God in their lives. Everyone needs redemption. Everyone needs redemption. I need it. You need it. We all need to be redeemed. We cannot do it by ourselves. We need somebody. And that's what God did. Sent his son. And look at the time he came in. Not, not a prosperous time. Not a prosperous place. But sent his son to grow up, to live, to die, to show us how to live. To show us how to deal with adversity. Hallelujah. Go in please to John chapter 12. Let's wrap this up. 
I'm sorry, John chapter 1. John chapter 1. And I want everyone to understand this because everybody needs redemption. Now, this is John, another gospel. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four gospels, right? This is John. Now, John's gospel is to the church, to the established church, okay? Now, watch what he says in verse 12. But to who? What's that word? All means everybody. Everybody. Got it? Everybody. Black people and white people, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics. And Martin Luther King, he had it nailed down. But to all, to all, wait, wait, to all who believed him. Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe? I'm talking about believe all the way. All hell is breaking loose. Do you believe? Going through the flood, do you believe? Going through the fire, do you believe? All who believed him accepted him. He gave the right to become the children of God. A child of God. And I'm going to tell you something. A friend of mine helped me with something one time. He had three daughters, has three daughters. And, um, and they would live a little bit there. They're grown women now. But he, he made this statement. Uh, I'm going to call him the Davis family. And somebody did something. And he said, Davises don't do that. I remember hearing him kind of chastise a little bit. Wow, what a way to get your identity. Davises don't do that. Well, as a child of God, there's certain things I don't do because I'm a child of God. See, I'm named by God right now. My last name is Dunn. I got that from my daddy who got it from his dad who got it from his dad who got it from his slave master, okay? I think, no, one more, one more than slave master. Got it, okay? Well, I've traced it back to somewhere in England or whatever, whatever. I don't care. Right now, see, I moved from, and I'm still my daddy, but I moved from that to child of God. Child of God. I got a spiritual heritage. My uh, 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 Bishop Frank Stewart, then now it's Bishop Ed Smith, and now it's Tony Dunn. I, I take on that lineage. I move over here, and that one just for clarity. You have never heard a scandal with Bishop Frank Stewart. You've never heard a scandal with Bishop Ed Smith. And you ain't going to hear no scandal of Bishop Tony Dunn. Amen. Got it? Too old for that. Verse 12, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. Here we go, 13. They are reborn. Woo! The new birth. The new birth. I'm not that person anymore. I don't do that anymore. It's, it's, it's certain comedians I used to listen to, I don't even listen to anymore. Yeah, I'm that holy. Uh-huh. Yeah, I didn't slid all the way over here. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but from a birth that comes from God. So our 2023 mandate here at New Day, I want you guys to watch this. We must intervene in the lives of others by introducing them to Christ. That's what we got to do in 2023. We got to intervene. We got to intervene. That's, what, that's the mandate on this church. We have to go and introduce Christ because there are some situations people are involved in and they, they wait. They're smart, educated. Have you noticed that the divorce rate is still high among rich people? And even, even uh, who, who went to jail recently? I don't even know these guys. Tory somebody? He got guilt. Tory who? Lanes? Oh, Terry. Lane, L-A-N-E? All right, Tory went to jail. <laughs> Now, I, this is the first time I'm hearing about Tory. Then I read the little article. I didn't read the whole article. But he got mad at somebody, told, uh, some, some, another female rapper, right? Told her, get out the car and start, dance for me and start shooting at her feet. How many years they given? Now, they, 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 uh, did they, have they won, like, awards? Or, are, they, are they award-winning rappers? Are they big, are they big rap rappers? Okay, so he's a big rapper, got all the awards and all that. Now, why are you shooting at somebody? Why are you going to mess that up? They need intervention, too. You can watch all the videos if you want. They still need intervention. And we need to be intervening. Let me explain something to you. Let me have the first picture up, please. Can you see this lady in the trash? 
amongst all those bottles. What do you think of her? Now, physically, we look at that picture and it's like, oh, wow, that's sad. But that's how a lot of us are still living. Your neighbors, this is really what's indicative of their lives. It is. It is. And what are we to do? Next one, please. Next one. Yeah, we need to go in the trash heap and start pulling the bottles up and to give it to those people. And we got to help them become redeemed. That's what we're called to do. Next slide, please. You see, they were all busted, broke, messed up, but they were destined to be Coke bottles. This is people after they've been redeemed. Now, I want, can we go back, go back a slide, go back a slide. If I go back to, to back to the lady, to go from that, so many Coke bottles, to that. That's our responsibility. That's my responsibility. That's how I pastor. That's how I shepherd. I can get up. You know what? There's a way to do a song and dance that to keep y'all. In fact, right now, I could have had uh, Trey come up and he start playing a little bit and he's he take it up a key, take it up a key. And before you know it, y'all will be out your seats. Clapping, shouting, running, turn over stuff. Ooh, we had church today. Church. But then you will go back home, go back to the slide again with the lady in the heat. Go back, go back. But that's what you're going back home to. I don't want you going back home to that. I don't. I don't. Next slide. I mean, go back to the, the Coke, the Coke six-pack. Yeah, this is how you're supposed to be. Now, I still got a problem with this, though, because we like to hang out with people just like us. Yeah, I don't see that one coming, did you? This is your church. This is, this is my life. This is my Jesus. No. No, no, I kept saying, you notice I kept saying, y'all, all, everybody, all, everybody. This ain't all there is. Everybody ain't a Coca-Cola. Next slide, please. Uh -huh. You got a little variety here. They need some redemption too. Not everybody's created to be a Coke. Some people created to be lemonade, iced tea, uh, 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 milk, uh, fresco. I don't even know what that is. Uh, Santa, Fanta. But that's what people created. We ain't all the same. Now notice what Jesus said. He said to go start, go back to the coat, please. And when Jesus, the last words, go to Jerusalem and be witnesses for me. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the other parts of the earth. That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's why he came to intervene. And we ought to likewise to go and be intervening in other people's lives. So we start off, this is our Jerusalem. People just like us. That's cool. That's where we start, but that's where we don't stop there. Next one, please. Now we're going to go and find people who are still in our community. That's our Judea. Look bit like us. Those are all Coke products. People still like us. I mean, we're still close to us. Next one, please. Next one. Now, this is our Samaria. Now, we got all kind of drinks. So, we redeem people so they, can fulfill, so they can fulfill their purpose. That's what we're supposed to be doing. And so, that is Samaria when they're not all like us. So, you got your Coke and you got your Sprite. A little different. Seven up used to call themselves the Uncola. Remember that in the 70s? You got Coke and you got the Uncola. Okay, this is what we're supposed to be doing. This is how our world, need, our, this is how our country looks. Now, next one, please. And he said, go to the uttermost parts. Oh. Uttermost parts. Yes. Uttermost parts is where we're supposed to go. He said, well, Bishop, I can't be going with you and Miss Jackie. Y'all, okay, that's fine. You can help us go. I've yet to go to an airline and tell them that I am anointed and they let me on a plane. 
They don't understand that. They don't understand that. Oh, I'm, I'm called to the nations. <laughs> Here you go. We'll help you get there, but you got to pay. How does that happen? And so we're called to go and redeem all people. And New Day needs to be the headquarters to launch out. This is the vision for our ministry. This is what 2023 looks like. We're called. Jesus came. God sent his son, his only begotten son, into a, a horrendous time to be born. You got all this crazy stuff going on. And that's when Jesus came. And he endured all the trials and temptation and he finished the work he was sent to do. Then he told his disciples, I've been in three years, three and a half years training y'all. Now y'all go and do likewise. The world is ours. Other languages, other people, other ethnicities, others. It's like, Bishop, you know, you ain't down with this. I'm down with this. This is what's going to last. This is what God is down with. See, already the problem is I know who I am. Most people don't. So your racism don't move me. Your ignorance, immaturity, and stupidity, it, it has no hold on me, no claim on me, no place in me. It does not. See, I know what the end looks like, and that's what I'm focused on. And we need a headquarters right here. We need a place where from here all the world will know. Go with me, please, to Revelation chapter 5. Revelation 5. This is the end. This is how it looks in the end. Watch this. And they sung a new song. This is heaven, okay? They sung a new song, a new song, a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book. Mm -hmm. The book. Uh, that's the book with everybody's name in it, okay? And open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain, Jesus, and has redeemed. There it is again, redemption. You redeemed us. You, you has redeemed us. You have redeemed us to God. Watch this. By the blood. His shed blood, his, his shed blood got rid of all my sin. And good God, I got so much sin, y'all don't even know. If I, had, I could be a medium if I sold some of my sin. I got that much sin, okay? It just, it's just, it's that God has gotten rid of all of that. Watch this, though. It's not just me, though. By the blood out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation. Now, let me really break this down for you, too. Praise team, can you come forward, please? Out of every kindred, out of every kindred. Um, Keith Vernon, can you stand up, please, sir? Keith, can you stand up, please? Can you stand up, please, Keith? Um, Rebecca, can you stand up, dear, please? Like, please, just, yes, I want to show you something. Natalie, oh, yes, Natalie, is somebody, you got somebody in your arms? The baby, the baby? Okay, stand up, Natalie, for a second, Natalie. Okay, Natalie, come on up, come on, you guys, come on up. Natalie, uh, what is your ethnic mixture? What, what are you? Greek and Mexican. She says she's Greek and Mexican. Greek and Mexican. Okay, Rebecca, I know you're black, but what else, what else is up in there? <laughs> do you know? Do you know? Are you what? Yes, what is it? Italian. Italian and black. Okay, Keith, I don't know. You just light skin. What are Keith like? I don't know. I'm just, do you know? You just, I am. Okay, but we know some. <laughs> right? We know some. Now, I'm having them stand up because I want you guys to understand something. Now, this is what we do. You remember? And you don't know. I mean, not remember. You weren't there. But you know how we, we judge people based on ethnicities, where they're from and all that? And even as um, uh, your dad, Lebanese, right? Can you stand up, please? I just remember. Oh, his dad is uh, half Lebanese and half Mexican. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Okay. So, and then your mama's black. Okay. So, bless him. Okay. This fits for you, too. So, this is what I'm saying because I want you guys to understand. Out of when it, the word kindred, it means a subgroup from all the other groups. 
And see, what we used, what was done to a lot of black people, you was an uh, um, octoroon, what, what, help me somebody, what are we, I mean, if you're one quarter black, one eighth black, whatever, it would determine how many white people in your family you got a name. And so you were looked down upon, you were frowned upon. But right here says every kindred. So I don't care where you from, how much black you got in you, how much Greek you got in you, how much Lebanese you got in you, how much Suriname, you got some Chinese in your family, don't you? Somebody was Chinese in her family. Where you think Mandy got that long hair from? <laughs> Same thing with Rebecca, the Italian. Okay, yeah, it's something. But I want y'all to know that there you are in the Bible right there. Every kindred, somebody make fun of you, you tell them, no, I'm in. I win. I don't care. And every tongue, I don't care what language, every people group and every nation because he is Lord of all. He has come to intervene in our lives and we need to embrace him, take him to others that don't know. God bless you. Thanks so much for joining us. We pray that you were blessed by today's message. To learn more about New Day Christian Fellowship Church in Corona, California, visit our website at www.newdaycorona.org.